All right, parents, welcome back to The Journey. I have a very um, sweet and interesting um, family with me today, the No family. I got to see him at uh, the Zig Ziglar uh, Servant Leadership Banquet. Um, and I was just, I was very um, intrigued by your family uh, and just kind of the story that you shared up there. Um, and so this this is actually a, a plug uh, for any family that didn't go to the Zig this year. Um, you need to go next year. Um, and it's not just to support um, you know, families who are in need financially, um, but it's just, a, it's an incredible event. It's just a fantastic kind of community event. Um, and that's where, um, Che and Judy, I got to see and hear about your family. And so um, I wanted the rest of the PCA community to kind of get to know you guys a little bit. So welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for having us, Dan. We're very honored to be here. Yes. yes thank you. Judy, We're excited. Yes. Very good. So um, interesting enough, like you have um, five kids that you're raising. Um, so why don't you, one of you kind of tell us a little bit about just kind of your family as it exists kind of right now. Sure. Um, so we have four children. Our oldest is Josiah. He'll be a fifth grader. Uh, we have Jeremiah. He'll be a fourth grader. We have Carissa. She'll be a first grader. And Christelle, who's three years old, and she'll be uh, a lion, PCA lion, for the very first time next year. And in addition to that, we also have an eighth grader. She's an international student from South Korea who's, who's currently living with us. Okay. Very good. Now, so you got the J's and the C's? Yes. Is that what we did? We did. Okay, and what do each of the names mean? So we did the J's because my wife's name is Judy, and so we felt like, hey, the sons will name them with a J, but Josiah, we felt like, he was like, you know, a good king mm -hmm. in the Old Testament. We liked him. There, there's not too many to choose from, so. Very, very true. Very true. <laughs> nice little short list there. <laughs> and then we felt like the king needs a prophet, so oh, we said, hey, Jeremiah I was love a prophet yes. during the time of Josiah. You got, yeah, you got that covered now. I like yes. that. Exactly. And then uh, my name starts with a CH, and so when we had uh, girls, we felt like, hey, we can name them with a CH. So Carissa... Uh, is a word that means charisma, and mm -hmm. we feel like she definitely brings charisma mm -hmm. to our family. And Love then it. our fourth, her name is Christelle, uh, which means a follower of Christ. Oh, that's very good. And we felt like, hey, that completes our family. So, yes, yeah. yes. So those are the names. That's awesome. Now, Jay, you're a pastor. Yes. Okay, so tell me a little bit about what that is like for you um, to be um, a pastor in today's particular culture um, and kind of the church that you guys um, are currently ministering in. Yeah, that's a um, great question. Um, so being a pastor in today's time, uh, it's definitely a challenge, I would say. Uh, we started a church about three and a half years ago uh, with the purpose of really reaching out to the unchurched people and even uh, members or people that have been hurt by the church okay. uh, that have maybe left the body. And we want to really reach out to them as our main um, group that we were looking out to, to reach out to. And and um, man, being a pastor these days with like so much going on in this world, I'm, I'm sure generations before struggled with the same or even different things or more, or more challenging things. Uh, but I, at the end of the day, for, for me as a pastor, I think my main purpose and my main goal is to help people be, draw them closer to Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, Judy, you were on staff at a church. Uh, we talked about this before. You tell me in California. Yes. What was that like? So I actually, um, prior to that, I was a graphic designer, so I didn't really think that I would go into ministry. But um, when I did go into ministry, I actually 
loved it. I worked with uh, fourth, fifth, and sixth graders for two and a half years, and then I worked with first, second, and third graders for the next two and a half years. Um, I worked at a church called um, Sarang Community Church. Back then, it was the largest Korean church, and um, it was really fun that I got to work with uh, the parents, so I had to speak Korean to the parents, um, but to the staff and to the kids, I had to speak English. Mm. So um, it was an interesting place where I kind of had to bring the parents and the kids and the staff all together. Um, but the staff that I got to work with, I think that was my favorite part because we had volunteers that, you know, that served at the church for years, for very long periods of time, and they genuinely loved the children. Um, and so it was fun just training them up and, you know, doing teamwork. And, and uh, we had maybe a, about 100, you know, teachers um, on a given Sunday who would invest into these kids. And so I really, I really enjoyed it. That's awesome. Now, you're first generation Korean-American. So I would say I'm like 1.5. 1.5. Yeah. I know, that's funny. I but like that. it's because, yeah, I, I was born in Korea. I, I, I went to school there for, for first and second grade. Okay. And then we immigrated to the States. Um, but I went to Korean school every Saturday okay. until I graduated high school. And so I kept up my Korean um, so that I was able to speak Korean. Um, but I think a lot of my mannerisms and probably my thought process is very Americanized. Right. So then that would make me like 1.5 like Korean-American. Yeah. What brought your family to the States? So when we were in Korea, um, we were Buddhists. Um, and so I have uh, really good memories of going to the Buddhist temples and eating really good mountain food and, you know, drinking mountain water. Um, but then my mom had a dream. And um, God actually showed up in her dream. And, of course, back then she didn't know who this God was. Okay. But God said that um, he will provide a way for our family to get a visa for us to immigrate to America. And so my mom just said, okay. And so um, after that dream, it the process was a lot easier for us to get that visa. Mm -hmm. We moved to America. And the first family that we met in America were Christian. Um, and so kind of God's providence. There yes, <laughs> yes, it was. And so um, our family, we started going to church and um, and from there on, my 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 parents, you know, they stopped. Uh, they stopped, I guess, living for the world mm -hmm. um, and they really chose to live for God. OK, yeah. So so um, your memories, right, of the Buddhist temple. Um, yes. Sounds an awful lot like a Baptist um, you know, potluck dinner, right? <laughs> lots, of, lots of food. Is that, is that what it was? <laughs> the Buddhist temple and the Baptist? Aren't, aren't well, I, I love food, so I'm just <laughs> emphasizing the food part. Ah, okay. um, but I think the memories that I have is, yeah, climbing, hiking up to a very high mountain. And um, we would go to the Buddha temples and, you know, they would do this, da 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 da, da you know, and have these things where they would, you know, hit. Um, and I think as a child, it was a little bit scary, but I think the whole idea was for people to go there and pray okay. and to meditate. Yeah. 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 Okay. So what's the, uh, the journey been like um, here in the States as far as moving from what you had on the West Coast? And then how did you get down to Texas? So uh, my husband and I were both from the West Coast, um, but then while we were while we were serving at a church in California, we had a pastor friend um, who asked us to move out here to Texas to do a church plant with him. Okay, so that's a that's what we call a very good friend. <laughs> 
the one who asked you to move from California to Texas. That's a very good friend. Yes. yes. I hope you appreciate that individual. Now, now. we do. Back then, not so <laughs> much. Then, not then. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so you, you came out to Texas to actually plant a church. Yes, to, yeah. to just help him because he, he would be the main uh, pastor. Um, and as we as we made the move, actually, my husband was able to then attend DTS. Okay. Um, and so we helped him out for about two and a half years to build that church up. So you weren't a pastor when you moved out here. So in California, uh, I actually was a banker for about 12 years. Okay. And uh, the way it kind of worked for me was that on the weekends, I would do the whole youth pastoring thing. Okay. Uh, but then still be a full-time banker during the weekdays. But like any ministry position whenever you say part-time it's really full-time it right? is yeah exactly and then full-time is overtime uh so <laughs> so i did well that said. yeah i did that during, uh my days in california so yeah so i was sort of like this pastor slash banker yeah. in california yeah it's, it's weird you don't strike me as a banker i don't know oh. if that's a like a positive or a negative it's just you, you don't well, my last name is No, so I was able to say no to a lot of loan applications. I got you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See what it says right here? Yeah, no. <laughs> Very helpful. Yeah, okay, yeah. so uh, the transition then, as you go to seminary, mm-hmm. then were you thinking about the possibility of maybe doing something different in ministry and, and starting a church or moving off into a different area? Or were you just like thinking, I, I want more training and more education myself for whatever I was doing? Yeah, uh, definitely felt uh, not as well equipped uh, to do ministry. Um, like I, like when I looked at my wife uh, at the time, my my girlfriend, I guess, um, when she did ministry at her level, which was like again five hundred kids, uh, hundreds of volunteers. Like she had assistant pastor, she had an admin, uh, she had these directors that would, that would oversee the ministry. When I, lo- I looked at her way of doing ministry and the way she was equipped. I looked at the way I was doing ministry, and I just felt like... That's how it should be done over there. <laughs> yeah, I was like, there's something get, missing here. I got a lot to learn. You know, and, and my wife didn't mention that she actually did get trained in, in Hillsong when she went to Australia okay. uh, for three years. And um, so she had a lot of, uh, a lot more education than I would definitely say I had. And so I felt like, man, God was really calling us to get, or for me, at least for me to get more equipped uh, for yeah. the industry. Yeah, I, I did notice when we sat down and we put the mic in front of your wife that she was kind of looking at it and thinking, you know, do you want, do I need to sing into this or what? So it was, a, it was a little different than most people, right? Most people just kind of like, you know, I'm going to talk yes. into this. But you obviously have had some experience, Judy, with the whole microphone and the performance aspect, right? Well, sure, a little bit. Okay. I, <laughs> she yes. doesn't like talking about herself, no. but I get it. I get it. Okay. So, what, what's the uh, what's the concept now? You're um, you're obviously you're raising you know the four kids of your own and the, and the one international student, um, uh, PCA. Um, you know what what brought you to this particular community then? Wow. Um, yeah, that was also a journey uh, as well. So when we finished, or for myself, when we finished uh, DTS, uh, we were trying to figure out where to go, where we can live, and we moved a little bit more from downtown mm-hmm. Dallas to north uh, Dallas. And uh, we've heard great things about Preston World uh, <laughs> Church, but yes. we were like, oh, okay. <laughs> and, and so uh, we inquired about them really for our kids initially for like, pre-K and I think kinder at the time. Okay. Um, and as we got to know more about PCA and, and finding out more about just how biblically centered the teaching and the culture, it was just like, it was a breath of fresh air. 
Awesome. Honestly. And um, and that's kind of what drew us uh, to get to be more involved and, and definitely sending our kids to PCA. Now, did we mention the ages of the kids yet? Where, where are the, uh, the, the four kids as far as grade level and age-wise? Yes, so Josiah, our oldest, um, he'll be our first middle schooler. Oh, boy. Yes. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> you, know, you know, that's a huge transition, right? From fourth yes. grade to fifth grade, it's a big transition in terms of um, them taking on responsibility and kind of the, the level of information that's being given, right? They're not, you know, kids walking the hallways yeah. over in, you know, Heaven's Hallway, right, in the lower school anymore. <laughs> this is middle school now, so uh, it begins to change. But that's great. So he'll be in fifth grade next year. Yes. Okay. And we're really looking forward to that because we think he's ready. Oh, well, we don't know. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we want him to be ready for that. Yes. Um, we have a fourth grader. And then we'll have a first grader and then a pre-K-3 little one. That's awesome. Here. That's fantastic. Well, um, the year after that, Josiah, right, will be yes. in sixth grade, which will be the best teacher that he'll ever have. That's my wife. Oh. She's a sixth grade science teacher. So, oh. Yeah. So anyway, that's fantastic. We just got done um, shooting off all the bottle rockets at the end of the year. Um, one of the things oh. that sixth grade science makes are bottle rockets. Oh, he'll um, love that. Oh, my goodness. It's awesome. so much fun. And, you know, picking the right day is super important because mm. at the end of May in yeah. Texas, right, it can either be, you know, kind of windy in 60 or hot in 108. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. we got to do it last week, and it was, uh, it was a beautiful, nice day. Um, what have your kids... Um, I guess just kind of like your impression of what your kids have um, learned from PCA and kind of the environment. What have, what have you kind of as parents um, seen in terms of like what, what they're getting? Yeah, so I think uh, we came into the idea with PCA that we wanted to have someone that would partner with us. Right. And again, like I think some people's mentality might be that, hey, we're just going to pass all the responsibility to the educators. Yep. Uh, and let them take care of even our, our children's salvation. For us, we always felt like it's great to have as many people as possible. And even at the Zig Ziglar, I, I did mention, uh, you know, a cord of three strands is much more harder to break. That's and right. I, and I believe that it's a great principle for us to understand that it's great to have partnerships. And for us to get together with either your church, either the school, your parents, family, yes. friends, neighborhoods, yes. uh, in whatever ways that we can do the best that we can to raise our children in the ways of the Lord. Uh, I feel like that's the, the way that uh, we've experienced so far with PCA, and we, we love it because, you know, we're not putting our children's salvation all upon our educators at PCA, but we definitely want them to help us, and vice versa, we want to help them. And I feel like PCA has done a great job with that, where yeah. we do feel that support, and we do feel that communication, and, and vice versa, we're trying to at least let the the teachers know where our children are, and and uh, it's always it's been a it's been such a great experience so yeah. far. Yeah. yeah. Now, what are your kids interested in, and already kind of showing a, um, yeah. you know, kind of an interest toward? Right. I mean, do they yeah. like music, reading, sports? What What are they? What are their things? Yeah. So our two older boys, uh, they love sports. Okay. And so they love um, flag football. And they were actually chosen to be part of the all-star team, which which was fun for them. Um, and then, yeah, I think our Carissa, our daughter, she loves um, she, the, so the kindergarten class. So we have loved our teachers, um, their teachers so much. Yeah. And um, our daughter, she 
we went to her kindergarten graduation and they gave out these little trophies and you know she got the she got the future artist award and Love so <laughs> she's really into that a budding like, artist yes budding artist and like, like her mother y- yes like a designer um and then yeah is there our, anything you don't do <laughs> <laughs> Uh, great question. Thank great question. Great yeah, question. We, we haven't found it yet. So yeah, that's great. Yeah, and but I think for our kids, like when I see them, I feel like they're able to really flourish in their classrooms. Yeah. Um, because for one, I feel like their teachers really set a tone where, you know, hey, like we're gonna really honor God in everything that we do in our classrooms. Awesome. And so I feel like that really brings everyone in the class. Like that's our focus, you know. And so. Of course, they're kids, and so they're really competitive. And I know, like, for Jeremiah, our second son, he's really competitive. And so his teacher has said to us, like, sometimes she'll find him, like, on the floor during recess. And she's like, do I need to call 911 right now? You know, because he's just sweating and he's out of breath. And, you know, so they enjoy that aspect of it. But I think just, yeah, just educationally, they're really thriving. And they love that they can be a Christian, you know, that they don't have to shy away from the fact that they love God and everything that they're doing is for God's glory. Awesome. Okay, so this is a question I didn't prepare you for. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, from a spiritual perspective as parents, as we're moving into the summer months, um, what are you guys doing to kind of continue that spiritual development with your kids, um, even while they're not here, you know, at school where we're partnering with you, right, and, you know, having those different opportunities. But when when school's not in session, what are you guys doing during the summer months to kind of help develop your your kids in their spiritual walk? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, And I think one of the things that as parents that we wanted to be very intentional about was that we didn't want our kids to have this like dichotomy of living life where church is only on Sunday or uh, Christianity is not only at PCA. But I think we wanted them to live a holistic way of looking at like Christianity is always integrated throughout our lives. So uh, even for this summer as, as maybe like, uh, insane parents do. We've already bought them books to prepare for like just education. But at the same time, uh, my wife and I, we want to be intentional. So we were like, hey, every morning, let's have our family devotion time where we can have breakfast together and read the Bible and, and talk to our kids about what does it look like. And, and even like recently with uh, the insane uh, school shootings that are happening, I think that conversation is happening naturally and organically with them. Yep. And I'm purpo- purposefully asking them, like, hey, why is this happening? And, and, I, and I explain to them that there is evil in this world. And uh, as Christians, it's really important to understand how God could have prevented, you know, this, this person from doing what they did or how we can, as Christians, help other people mm. so that it wouldn't happen in that kind of way. And so it's always that conversation, I feel like. And, and even throughout the weeks, uh, I'll try to do discipleship with my boys right now because they're at that age. And then hopefully when Carissa and Christelle gets to that age, my wife will start to have a weekly or regular discipleship as well. Yeah, that's fantastic. Now, one of the things you said I thought was kind of interesting, and I want to just go back and touch on it. Um, You said that your church um, was intentionally kind of focused on those people who kind of had a hardship or a struggle with the church and kind of, you know, a, a lot of people... Uh, we have this whole deconstruction, right, where people walk away from their faith. What are things that you do, right, as a church um, to reach people who have uh, maybe been hurt by the church, who have, who you know, kind of had a, a difficulty with that? What, what, what are things that you're intentional about? Yeah, so if I can maybe go back a little steps, uh, for us as, as 
pastors or people that served in the church, we were actually recently, somewhat recently hurt by the church. Okay. Where we were serving at a Korean American church, and I was uh, ministering in the English side of the the church, and uh, we were actually fired uh, because. <laughs> Uh, not for any moral failure, but more for, like, I would say maybe more political reasons, if anything, where um, there was two congregations where you have the Korean-speaking side and you have the English-speaking side. And the English-speaking side, uh, which I was pastoring, started to grow a little bit faster than the Korean side. And so instead of working together and saying, like, hey, this is great, a yeah. uh, great problem to have, they were like, okay, well, let's stop that from happening. And so then they just went in and fired me. Uh, you can call it church politics, uh, but definitely one thing that we, when we experienced that, it was just this uh, pain from mm. the church where right. we thought that this was our family and was the, the church as a family just basically said, hey, we don't want to see you ever again. Um, we, for the first time, felt, I'm sure like many other people that have felt where they've gone to church and where they would have been accepted and not be judged, uh, we were the ones that were being outcasted. Mm. And so... Uh, ones that have actually experienced that pain, we were like, man, we really want to reach out to those people. And so one of the ways that we do it is actually just during the weekdays. Uh, there's a lot of young adults in this area that uh, either don't have a church or they've actually walked away from a church. Right. We actually invite them to our house. Uh, my wife is an amazing cook. Uh, and that's, I think, the reason why they come is to to partake in her in her amazing food. But like what young person doesn't love food. Amen. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> I'm with it. <laughs> exactly. So that's probably the main draw. And then after that, we actually have a time of like uh, where you have time of praise and prayer and just a great time of discussion. Yeah. And, and I think that's allowing that discussion to, to come out where we do ask them like, hey, what are your bad experiences with church? Like mm-hmm. what have you experienced where it's... And you've been open you? and honest about it. And, exactly. Yeah. And I'm raising my hands and saying... I've experienced the same thing, or I've experienced some hurts from the church, yeah. um, so that they don't feel like, oh, I'm the only one that's experienced this, but they all feel like yeah, they've actually gone through similar pains that we've gone through yeah. as well. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of Rosaria Butterfield's um, conversion. I don't know if you know about her book, uh, The Most Unlikely Convert or something or whatever. Anyway, she was a, um, a professor of women's studies, um, you know, LGBTQ, all up in the Northeast. Um, and she had written an article in a pastor uh, responded to it, um, and and then instead of kind of going and having a back and forth kind of debate, the pastor just called her up and said, "Hey, you want to come over for dinner?" Oh, wow. And she was like, "What? <laughs> like <laughs> nobody invites people over for dinner, especially people they disagree with." Yes. And he was just like, "You know, my wife's a great cook. Come over for dinner." And they they you know she came over and they started talking and you know realized that both of them are human beings made in the image of God and they needed to treat each other like yes. that. Yes. But she was so just kind of a taken back of just you know, being treated with respect and love, right, that she ended up surrendering her life, you know, to the Lord. Um, Just kind of an interesting thing, right? Just, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, the the power of um, community Mm. being done well and and showing people what it looks like. And sometimes maybe uh, we forget that that's what the church actually is. (laughs) You know, it's not the gathering on Sunday. It's it's actually the body of Christ that Monday through, you know, Saturday is, is all part of that as well. So I love that you guys are doing that. And that's kind of a a neat way of doing it. And, you know, I'm glad, you know, Judy, that you're there to, you know, do the hard work of (laughs) getting everything ready and cooking. (laughs) That's my ministry. That's I love it. But that's a neat, I I mean, I love how you guys um, 
have a neat partnership in ministry. Uh, I know, you know, Judy, you said that at the beginning when you were looking for a husband, that that's kind of what you had asked God for was just somebody you could partner in ministry yes. and do life with. Yeah. So that's neat. I love, I love it. Yes. Very thankful. <laughs> so what else would you say uh, just to our parents in terms of, um, you know, last thoughts about anything that you wanted to share with our PCA community about just kind of where you guys are in life? Yeah, that's a great question too. Um, I think for for people like ourselves, where we have this kind of a subculture of like 1.5 generation yeah. creative, <laughs> um, I think we definitely don't look the same, uh, and also our mindset I think is very different too. Okay. Um, in the sense that uh, when we hang out with people from America, we feel very Korean, but when we hang out with people from Korea. You we feel, feel very American. I've heard that. Yeah. yeah. So we're kind of that subculture of like this bigger picture of like America. And so I don't know. I think for um, uh, for the people that are here in the BCA community, if anything, um, maybe for the idea of just really re- being able to reach out to the differences of, of who we are and be, be able to kind of connect with one another and uh, be more engaging with one another, I think maybe that would be a... I don't know if this is a request or maybe just like a, uh, a, a hand of reaching out to where we can be more of a community that can be, though we look different, that we can definitely have one same purpose and one vision and same goal is that to, we really want to raise our kids in the way of the Lord. And, yes. And that'll be the best. Yeah. Yeah. And we are like really thankful because we feel like our kids, um, you know, I have to, sometimes I have to tell them like, yeah, you're Korean-American. And, you know, our kids, they don't really speak Korean, um, even though they enjoy Korean food. And, yeah. you know. Because they're the 2.5ers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this summer, one of my goals is to, you know, teach them more Korean. Okay. Um, but I just, I'm really uh, thankful because I do feel like um, they don't, you know, they don't really care about their ethnicity, you yeah. know, or their culture. And, yeah. and, I, and I love that. PCA is a place where, you know, their identity is in Christ, you know, not in what they look like or, you know, not what food they eat or, you know, whatnot. So we we love that PCA uh, provides that, you know, for them. And that is it can also be a place for us as well, my husband and I, where we we can really see parents and how they're raising their kids in a kingdom minded biblical way. So Mm -hmm. we're really thankful for that. Yeah. Yeah. I love the unity found in diversity. Right, that you know that Christ is the center, yes. um, and if He's the center, then as you radiate around Him, mm-hmm. right, in a sense, we all um, look different, right? Come from different backgrounds, we're different ages, yeah. right? Different sizes, different yeah. shapes, different colors, um, you know. But the cool thing is, is that we have Christ at the center of our yes. lives, and that that's the thing that that unifies us. Yes. Uh, and the fun thing is, is when you see all the differences, and you realize, you know, it's just it's like a family. Right. I mean, you know, we we have differences, but uh, the unity is what draws us together. Um, And I just, you know, I'm glad that you guys uh, carved out a little bit of time. I know you're busy, you know, with ministry, life, work, family. Um, I've got four kids, so I know that um, there's never a downtime with the kids. Uh, Mine are a little bit older, (laughs) so they're they're able to take care of themselves a little bit better. Um, But uh, I appreciate you guys coming on and just uh, sharing a little bit more about the No family um, and, uh, um, you know, letting us know who you guys are uh, and sharing a little bit more about your journey. I think it's just a, a fascinating um, you know, an interesting um, look into your family and just kind of how God brought you here. So very mm-hmm. thankful uh, that God has brought your family to PCA. So thanks for your time. 
Well, thank you then for having us. It was, uh, it was an honor. Yes, thank you so much. We enjoyed it.